Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Elena, also known as Geek and Pink on Instagram. In just under a year, she's turned her passion for board games into an Instagram account with well over 12,000 followers. Elena, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks, James. And you? I'm doing great. So for people who are listening, you have no idea what we're doing right now, but for people watching, we are covering half our faces, which is the uh, the whole iconic look of Elena, her whole hook on Instagram, which I think is just absolutely awesome. It's iconic. Certainly you've entered into, I think what we call the board game lexicon. So if people are thinking of different iconography and uh, images that are uh, ubiquitous across the board game industry, your half face is, is literally everywhere. So I think that that's something that uh, most people would probably recognize when they see. I hope. (laughs) So let's start off at the beginning. I want to kind of just go right back in time. So for people that are, that are listening and people that are watching, uh, Elna's joining us from, from Mexico, right? So yeah. your first language is Spanish. Your second language is English. So bear with us through this interview. There might be some words that uh, we, we can't quite place at the time, but we're going to get through it. And uh, we're just super appreciative to have you here on our podcast and your first podcast, I would say. So Courtney Binge, woohoo! First ones, yay! So Thank good you for be- having me. Oh, it's yeah. awesome having you. So you're, you're joining us from Mexico. So uh, yeah. whereabouts in Mexico are you joining us from? I'm from Guadalajara in Jalisco. You know, okay. mariachi, tequila is from here. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people know the tequila. So that's a good uh, helping yeah. piece there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's from Guadalajara. Remember that. <laughs> and, uh, and so what do you do in, uh, in, in, in Mexico? What, are, you, are, are you still in lockdown right now? Or is, is things starting to open up or? The things are starting to open up and people are starting to care a little less about this, but always wearing a mask, you know? Okay. The vaccines are getting here slowly, but getting here. So everything is bringing back to normally, like, yeah. So people are starting to get back to work and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of uh, people, like their bosses, realized that it was easier for them to stay at home mm. and a lot of people are going to stay at home like forever but <laughs> the ones that can go back are going back yeah yeah i think that's something on a global level that we're starting to see is that um you know with a lot of people starting to work from home over this past year mm-hmm. uh, out of necessity quite frankly um it, it's interesting i think to see the next year to come right and to see how how our business is going to change and yeah. are you going to see uh, some offices staying permanently decentralized with their workers, you know, remotely located, or will we start seeing people actually return to the main cities and to the city centers and so forth? I think that'll be interesting to see. I don't know if it will ever get back to. I don't think it will ever go back to normal. You know, yeah. like over, every time we're going to need to use a uh, hand, hand sanitizer and the, hand, the masks, I think they're going to stay there for a long time. Well, maybe a year or so. Yeah. Or longer. It could be just like, if you look in like Japan, for instance, right. Or even China, you'll see a lot of people in public transport, even before 
the pandemic yeah. wearing masks, right? When they were sick, like for no, not contagion the other people or something. I yeah. think they, they worry for that. Right? Or just to protect themselves from environmental pollutants and oh. things like that. So I think yeah. that um, this is now, I think, made masks more comfortable for people to wear. I mean, people obviously would rather not wear masks, but I think a habit is starting to form where for yeah. many years to come, I think you're still going to see here in North America, people wearing masks just yeah. to give them that added level of protection and so forth. Right. So, yeah. so what do you do? What do you do in Mexico? What's your, other than, you know, doing great, you know, Instagram shots <laughs> of you. half faces. What's, what, what's your, what's your, what's your, your job? Do you have a job or, or well, what do you do in Mexico? Right now I don't have a job. I work as a homestay mom. <laughs> Yeah, I used to be a model and I model like for, I don't know, like eight years or something. Wow. Yeah. And I even moved to the capital here in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So I can do that because that was like my dream at that time. So it was great. It was my passion back then. But now I'm, I'm very happy as a mom, as a homestay mom. Yeah, I really love that. Love did it. you find that some of the uh, experience you had in modeling, did that help you uh, bridge into kind of these Instagram shots where like you're showing your face, right? And if I think yeah, of yeah, yeah. like Instagram with a lot of people, often it's pictures of the games themselves, or they might just do a quick kind of cheesy shot, but it's, it's, it's a vulnerable thing to yeah, constantly sure. have your face be yeah. the image, right? Of your brand which you've done very effectively, right? Uh, on, on your channel. You. So was it your modeling that that's helped you do that or? Maybe it did. I don't know when I started, I never think uh, that would help me or something. I used to see always like great people, well, great shots of games. And I was like, oh my God, but I'm not a photographer. I love, I love, I love doing the shots, but I'm not a professional photographer. So I preferred to show like have my face and the game. Yeah, I don't know. And it worked because I always have like a profile. I when I model, I used to do only this profile. Yeah. So maybe that helped me. And I don't know. <laughs> I'm very happy doing it. I, I love to show the, the artwork on the covers. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And so how long have you been playing board games for? Is this something you've played your whole life or when did you get into the industry? Yeah. It was like something that was always on my life. Like I, I'm very close to my family. And since I was like 10 years, we used to play board games like the Friday night, but the normal board game. Well, not the board normal, but the the games that everyone plays, you know, like Uno. Well, okay. in here in Mexico, it's not Monopoly, it's Turista. But okay. we play that, and it was like all the time since I can remember. We had board games everywhere, and then like it was like seven or eight years ago that I started realize that they were there was more board games than I could think of, you know. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with them, and it was like an obsession with the pandemic starts. Yeah. So I had to do that. <laughs> so was it the pandemic that was the key kind of catalyst for you that? got you to really start collect. I, I think you collect a lot of games. Like you got a lot of games on your channel, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now I have a lot of board games. Yeah. It was the pandemic because when it started, well, before I could go out, um, I'm not usually the, the girl that goes out every time, but I like to go out once in a while, Sure. but I was like stuck at home with my baby all day long. So I started like, all day 
watching um watch it played the dice tower like mm -hmm. watching every kind of games and what they could tell me like oh this is a great game and i was like oh my god i need to get this game and i watch like how to play it and people playing the game like all day long and i had a friend well i have a friend and i talk with her all day long about board games and i said <laughs> this is not normal okay i need to do something about it because Yeah, she's getting sick of me. My husband is getting sick of this also. And I was like, oh my God, I need to do something about it. And I started the Instagram like like uh, last August. Yeah, yeah first, it was August 1st, I think was your first post. Yeah. So when you had this constant wave of games showing up at your doorstep, did your husband at some point say like <laughs> enough is enough or was he passionate enough about the, the industry that you had somebody at least to play with? Well, I always had someone to play. Well, he's always there. Yeah. But sometimes he's like, today let's watch a movie. Please, please, please. And I'm like, no, I need to play this one. I, I really wanted to play this one. And he's like, okay, I'll play it. But then we can watch a movie. I'm like, okay, I'll watch a movie with you. <laughs> but he now realized that, uh, well, I'm good at it. And yeah. he's my support. So he has to be there. He has to play with me because he, if he's not there, who is, who is, you know? Yeah. My parents and my brothers uh, play with me, but only easy games. So when it comes to a hard game, I'm like, I need you, please. <laughs> and you yeah. usually win, I guess, is what the short story here is, right? You're usually the one that wins or? No. no? I mean, usually the one that gets to have fun there. <laughs> uh, well, my husband is pretty good at every game yeah. that he plays. I don't know why, but it's like, I don't know, every time that we play, he like 70% of the time wins yeah. over me. And I'm like, oh my God, well, I at least I have fun, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like that with my wife. She destroys me every single time we play. And even if it's the first time she's ever played the game, yeah, <laughs> she wins. But it's normal, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's that way too, right? Like they're going for the throat and they know how to kind of take you down and... Um, yeah. so is there like board game, um, uh, groups like meetup groups and so forth in Mexico that you've been able to be part of, or is that something that uh, you can be part of maybe once the, uh, COVID is kind of passed yeah. and everything opens up or. I'm waiting for the COVID to kind of pass, you know, I I'm yeah. already, I already had my vaccines, Okay. but here in Mexico, uh, people under 40 are not vaccinated yet oh, okay yeah it's going pretty slow here so yeah. i'm waiting for that because i'm dying to tell people that love board games to play with me like oh come on please play with me i need someone to play games but a, I, i'm waiting for that <laughs> have you tried in a digital format at all since the the no i no? have never played in a in tts Uh, yeah, so there's Tabletop yeah. Simulator for people listening. Yeah. There's Board Game Arena is another great yeah. one uh, where you can, Tabletopia, right? So these are all different. Uh, Board Game Arena, I have tried it. Like yeah. when the pandemic started, it sure. started. I was like, yeah, playing games there. But it wasn't my cup of tea. I, I like it, but I prefer the, you know, playing, putting everything on the table and seeing everything display there. It's yeah. like my, my thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the tact it's, it's, it's very difficult to replicate a tactile 
format, right? Yeah. In a digital, no matter how good and how slick the digital uh, format is, it, you can never replace the tactile feel. Um, yeah. I think it was Board Game Girl just when we were talking about, um, for me, to what I where I find tabletop simulator uh, falls short is you can, yes, you can manipulate the pieces like you would in a normal board game. Yeah. But when you're playing at a table with friends, right? And if I look at my cards, they're up close. And then I look down at the table and then instantly back at my cards, back at the table, you can do this like this very, very fast. Yeah. With something like Tabletop Simulator, you have to kind of look at your cards and you have to zoom in, right? Look at what you're looking at the table uh, and zoom back out. And it, like, so that, that process of trying to mechanically zoom in and zoom out, okay. I think is really what kills the essence of playing live again, other than yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. being with people and so forth. Right. So we've yeah, got some of your people in the, uh, we got Carolina, we got Mario, uh, same last name. So I think that, uh, you got some, yeah, it's here. my father and my sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he, he did this, this symbol on the, uh, on, on the emojis, which is kind of, uh, funny. so hello, Mario yeah. <laughs> and Carolina. And we got Mike Bruner as well. Mike Bruner was asking, do you call Uno something else in Mexico? <laughs> Uno. <laughs> it's, the same it's a joke i think he was making a joke as a, oh uh, yeah <laughs> the other thing that people were wondering is let, let's talk a little bit about uh the channel right oh, so okay. you started this geek in pink instagram account um having i think 12.6 thousand followers is what i saw last time i checked yeah, um that is in the span of less than a year is unbelievable how how fast oh, you grew you. that, right? Like that is, that is unheard of. That is the dream, right? For people that there's companies that are doing social media that don't get that kind of a following when they're pumping a lot of money into it. Right. So what, how did it start? So I know, like I go back to that first post, which ironically was not a half a face. No, no, no. Your it's half face was, I think your third or fourth post. It was Sagrada yeah. uh, from uh, Daryl Andrews, who we've also had on the, uh, on the podcast here. Great game. I have it on the shelf behind me. I love it. <laughs> was that a fluke? Was it planned? How did that kick off the whole half face uh, kind of gimmick? It, it wasn't planned. I wanted to show uh, like a face, but also the game. So I kind of put the game here, but I was like, no, here, no, no, no. And then I put it there and I was like, oh my God, it, it fits perfectly, you know, in the picture and the half face. Yep. And it was like, this is what I have to do. And I never thought that it would make it this far, you know, like the half face. Yeah. I thought that it was, was going to be like picture and picture like that of a girl with a game and that, but it become like a signature face, like signature picture. And I'm like... Oh my God, it grew. I don't know. I can't even believe. I can't even believe how fast and quick and everything grow or to be like how we are now. You know how? Yeah, we, yeah. It's amazing. So, and I'm sharing on the screen while we talk here your um, your Instagram account, right? So people can see. And as you scroll, you can see. Uh, at the beginning, it was about one in every three pictures. I think that was a half face, and then about. I think 12 or 15 images in every picture became half face and it's really neat when you see it on a grid, right? So when you see the Instagram grid and you see kind of this uh, mosaic of your half face with the game, uh, it's cool. And in terms of hat picking, how did you pick which side of your face to go with? And then you stuck with it, right? So you never switch. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I never switched. And well, it's funny because the last Friday and the Friday before that, 
I show uh, videos showing like my entire face, but not like all the time. Yeah. And a lot of people unfollow me. And I was like, oh, they didn't <laughs> like my whole face. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know the half face is that it because uh, I think I like better this profile. I don't know why, but it looks better with the sunlight that comes over here. And I don't know. I like more this side of my face. <laughs> Did you try both sides and then kind of land on the one side or? Yeah, I tried both, both sides, but it, it looked different. It looks better on this side. I don't know why, <laughs> but there's, it works. When you go through your entire profile, there's only one thumbnail that you come across where it's on the other side. And what I realized, it actually isn't on the other side. It's on the same no. side, but the it, the uh, the video is kind of flipped. Yeah, right? I uh, forgot to do the the flipping, the flip the image, you know? Yeah. Because if you read the name of the game, it reads uh, Azul, but backwards. It's, That's right. It's wrong. <laughs> I forgot to do that. So when you started off, you started off with the photos. And when I when I read the content of some of these earlier posts, you're talking about the game. You said, oh, this is a fun game. I love how, you know, this component works. And, you know, I had a lot of fun doing this and this. And there's a lot of people obviously liking that and so forth. And then as your channels progressed, you start seeing more, um, you know, multiple, like a series of photos where you'll show like an unboxing, for instance, and things like that. Yeah. At what point did you decide you wanted to kind of, move from static imagery to then video and then how did you choose the kind of video that you want to do for your channel well i don't like to talk in my videos because my english is not perfect as you can see your english so, is great yeah you're oh, credit. Thank yeah you. <laughs> but well i decided to do only unboxings because they were like i i did on my instagram what i wanted to see you know i wanted mm -hmm. to see the games, what do they uh, have on inside? I'm sorry. So I realized people wanted short videos that could show everything that's on the box, you know? Yeah. So I decided to do that. And people also, well, started to seeing those and liking those. And I, I figured like, oh, okay, this is good. I can do this. And well, that's how this, that started. And the, the pictures, I also wanted to showcase what's, on the box also so yeah i take the pictures with everything laid out on the table on the table yeah mm -hmm. so they can see what they will going to bought buy when if if they buy the game you know so that's how everything started. and then in terms of the style so if i look at the style of your unboxings right i mean most content creators have done unbox i've done unboxings right i'm usually like an animal ripping into a box like i'm trying to <laughs> shred into my ups box and ripping packaging <laughs> off everything's going everywhere where yours seem more methodically planned out, right? Where it's a top-down, it's already been pre-opened. So it's like yeah. you open it up and you have everything organized and kind of coming out in an organized fashion. What made you decide to take that approach? A lot of bad unboxings. <laughs> I did like <laughs> two unboxings that went terribly, terribly wrong because I was like opening the cards and I was like, <laughs> trying yeah. to smile but like i couldn't open this like yeah and i realized that that wasn't going to work so i decided to uh do the unboxing like to say you i uh, open the box i take up the the cellophane uh, wrapping and wrappings and everything and i well put it back on the box and then i open the box and i take up everything like more 
fast because if I do the thing of opening the cards and everything, I will take like a minute and people will be like, mm, no, I don't. <laughs> they want everything fast and I want everything fast. So I, I decided to do that. Yeah. I it, open it's very clear uh, in when you look at your entire channel and most channels aren't like this. Most channels are a bit messy when they start off. Right. And then as they kind of progress, they kind of get a little more polished. I mean, even our board game binge podcast even is very I much like that. that, you know, yeah. the initial episodes on an iPhone, no background, crappy mic, you know, and then eventually you get, you get better where yours seems like you put a lot of thought behind every single post that you've done on oh, this channel from the beginning. And I assume that's because you had kind of a quality or a certain vision in mind, right? When, when you create your content, how, how do you plan out your content? So in a typical week, how many posts are you going to do? Are you doing in a, in a week right now? Um, in a week I do uh, only on Sunday and Monday. So two and posts. Yeah, to post. Well, with the reviews and the pictures of the game. Okay. And the unboxings, I do it uh, like on Tuesday or Wednesday or Friday. Yeah, something like that. So I can have uh, content all week, mostly. You yeah. Know? Yeah, but before I used to do, when I started, I, it wasn't like all cleaned up and like that. I used to do messy things and I used to do like two, twice a day, like on 11 a.m. and on 8 p.m. Yeah. It was like, oh, crazy. I couldn't <laughs> do that right now. Like, no, <laughs> it's hard. And then, so how how do you plan it? Do you plan it for the week? So do you think, do you plan, okay, on Sunday, this is the game I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, the content for this week is going to be, um, you know, either an unboxing or I'm going to do a half face or I'm going to do some other kind of content. Is, like, is it planned out fairly far in advance or how do you how do you plan that? It's planned. Well, I planned it like a week before. Like okay. the next uh, Sunday, I'll do. Uh, I always do Sundays with a big game, like a game that has a lot of content, and then I can post beautiful pictures. And Mondays, I post a little card game or little games, you know, with okay. less components and. Yeah, only because I like to showcase a big one and a small one. And I like. I it. never noticed that, but I'm gonna start looking yeah. for that. <laughs> I, yeah, I always do that. <laughs> that's cool. And then when I first like, I think like most uh, people in the industry, we've come across the half face, you know, for months, right? I've I've seen Thank the you. half face uh, quite a bit. Um, the uh, the geek and pink challenge, I think, was for me probably where I saw like a huge huge hockey stick, what we call in Canada, but a huge uptick in, uh, in your growth numbers. Was that for you kind of a, a defining moment that this geek and pink it challenge? Was. Yeah, it was. I never expect the, the outcome of that because, well, I thought about it and I was like, oh, okay, it will be a good idea. And I asked a friend if it could help me, Brett Spiel Fever, it's called on Instagram. Yep. If he could help me like do the collage with everyone. And he was like, okay, I'll do it. And I was like, okay, it'll be like 50 people more. So and he was like, okay, I'll do it. And I started to ask everyone on the industry like that I knew or have talked before. And everyone started to say yes. And I was like, oh my God. Even Jamie, Jamie Stonemeyer. Yeah. yeah, for me, was like, oh, he said yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, so amazed because of uh, everyone told me yes. And I was like, 
without belief. And then a lot of people from around the world started showing their half faces with their, their board games. And I was yep. like, this is unbelievable. I, it was like a, a week of like yeah. smiling all the time on, on my phone and like, oh my God, this is amazing. I, I can't believe like these people from Africa sending the picture and I'm like, oh, I don't know. For me, that was like what uh, showcased showcase me the most. I yeah. don't know how to say yeah, showcase. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely a viral, I would call a viral moment, right? So yeah, that was yeah, something was that took off moment. and had a life of its own. Yeah. Um, and so when when something like that happens that, you know, you hope that you're going to have some success, but it goes way beyond what you thought it would. What kind of growth did that, like how much followers did that add to your channel when you did that? Oh, it was a lot because the when I started asking people, I, I asked them to do it because of my eight k so mm-hmm. everyone like okay for the 8k and then people started showing the picture like oh, she reached 9k and now she reached 10k and i was like oh, i didn't have the time to celebrate the 9k and the the 10k i, I did celebrate that with uh, 10 giveaways it was awesome with which led me to the 11k and it was like oh my god it keep on growing you know so it was mm-hmm. from eight Point five to eleven. Yeah, wow! The, yeah, it was at what, a lot. At what point in your channel did you move from like sourcing your own games and buying your own games for your content to publishers just sending stuff to you? When did that happen? Well, at what point did that start happening? It's a really funny story because I was talking with Julian, the creator of Survive. I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard of. I got him. on my shelf behind me. Love it. Ah, oh, yeah. I started talking with him because he once he asked me like, what do you think of surviving? I was like, oh, it's a fine game, but you're, you have to be really mean. And he was like, I'm the creator. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. But well, that's the truth. I love it, but it's like so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at one point he told me like, you don't have to pay the games. You're showcasing them. So you yeah. have to ask the publishers to give you the games so you can showcase them. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And my husband was like, I told you. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I, then I asked for some publishers and they started to give me the game so I can showcase them. I know for for some content creators I've talked to or people who are just starting out, um, that is, that's a, a step that's tough for some people to do, right? To ask. Yeah, it's very hard. Right? To say, you know, why would they give me a game? Mm. Like, who am I, right? I thought that, yeah. Yeah. It's so really what, hard. now you're at a point where you probably have way more games coming your way than you can handle. How do you filter through that? How do you decide which games you're going to cover and which ones you won't? Well, it's uh, I do have to do like um, not a casting, but also look at the games if they're a fit for me. Because as okay. I've said, I don't speak. Uh, well, I speak English. Yeah. But here in Mexico, not a lot of people play board games that have to read a lot of content in English. Mm. So when I, when people with that, with games like uh, with a lot of questions in English and stuff like that, ask me if they, if I can showcase their, their games, I mostly say no because I don't have no one to play those games. Mm. So I have to do like a, kind of a filter of games that I can actually play. 
Got it. So I can say yes, because if not, they send me and I'm like, okay, I can play this. I cannot play this. And it's like, oh, sorry. I don't like that. Yeah. And, and that's gotta be tough, right? When you get a publisher saying, look, I'll just no, I'll just send you the so game. Bad. Just I'll give it to you for free, right? Yeah. They have to say, nah, you know. But I, you know, for the publishers out there, like when you're when you're approaching someone like like Elena here with a you know a following like you have. Now there's tons of people trying to send uh, games your way, right? So it's not a personal thing, but you have to yeah. filter down somehow to, to make it, uh, number one, fit your brand, right? Um, is there certain games you prefer to play? Like, is it Euro style more your type of a game you like to play? Or what type of games do you like to play? I prefer medium, not that hard because uh, I do have hard games, but they're like there forever mm -hmm. until I can play them. I prefer like uh, 30 minute games. I also play hard games, but it's mm -hmm. harder for me to play them because it's harder to me to get someone that can play it with me. The time commitment, so, yeah. Yeah, the time like I have Cerebria and I'm Cerebria and I'm dying to play it, but it's two <laughs> hours long. So to find someone that can play it with me, it's like so hard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. I have new friends. <laughs> and I, for me, I think that the industry is, there's so many games to play, right? The, like yeah. it, the, there, is, there is no limit to the number of games out there to play. And I know myself where I used to play games, it would play two, three hours. Even myself now, if I go to a game night, I look for games that are 40 minutes to an hour. Cause I want to play yeah. more games. I want to try yeah, yeah, two yeah. or three different games. That's right? the same so, with me. Yeah. Yeah. How, is there any advice you would have for someone who is starting off their channel? How, what are some things that you did to grow your channel? So obviously the pink, um, the geek and pink challenge is one, uh, your around the world video, which is really cool where the game goes off to the side and then somebody else takes the game in yeah, you know, yeah. a different box. Really that wasn't cool my video. idea, but they asked me to do it. And I was like, yeah, I'm so pleased to do it. It was awesome. Yeah. It, it really was. <laughs> Thank you. What are some other things you did to grow your channel? Or what's some advice you give to other people who are trying to grow their channels or things they should look to do in order to help them? Actually, a lot of people ask me and I always tell them to be you, them, themselves. You mm. know, like uh, write from their hearts and do what they do best. Like if they are good at showing pictures, like show their best pictures and I don't know what worked for me. It's being myself on what I write. I'm like always from my heart, like, oh, I did have fun with this one. My family loved it. And I'm always myself. And I, that's the best advice I can give to anyone, you know? Your channel, I noticed your posts are always English and Spanish, right? Yes. You always write in two languages, which is, I think is, is again, is really cool. Thank you. What, would you say, or do you have a handle on how your audience is split? Like, do you have a, like how big, how much of your audience, for instance, is in Mexico versus say United States or maybe Europe or other parts of the world? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny because in Mexico, there is a board game culture, but it's not as bigger as uh, America's or yeah. Canada, Europe. So my audience is 32% yeah, uh, United States, 10% mm. Mexico. And then it's like all over the place. I Everywhere think Canada else. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of my followers are from United States. And everyone thinks I'm from the United States because I speak my first uh, 
the post, first, your post is always yeah. English first it's, and Spanish. Yeah, it's English first. So I thought you were from the states too. Yeah, <laughs> everyone is like, right? I was surprised. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone when when they ask me, I'm like, no, I'm not from the United States. I'm from Mexico. I'm like, what? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's great, but it just goes to show how connecting board games are, right? And how games yeah. really transcend all all countries, right? And uh, it blows me away right. uh, being a game creator myself when I see somebody send me a picture from another country on the other side of the world uh, of them playing a game I created, like it, it, it blows me away. So, or even yeah. in the podcast, being able to talk to people in Europe and in Mexico and different parts of the world, I, I think it's, it really highlights the fact that board games are there to kind of bring people together, which is, which is awesome. It's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Where is your channel going from here? So you obviously have reached uh, a, a level of success that not many people have got yeah. to this fast, probably faster than you expected. Have you given some thought around, or do you have a vision to where you want to see this channel go and where you want to take your brand now? Yeah, that, that's a hard one. Um, well, right now I'm starting my TikTok, ah, but okay. um, <laughs> yeah, it's like so, so small. It's like... Yeah less than 2000 followers, but I'm like starting with that and seeing where that takes me. And well, I hope to keep on posting board games like I have been so far. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I don't know where it takes me, but I'm super fun and it's super, super fun. And I'm super happy to be where I am now. I never expected yeah. to grow this far. Any aspirations to do any kind of game design yourself at all, or? I I don't think so. I'm very bad at designing things. I I'm not that creative, so I don't think. Well, I, if people I, look at your channel would probably not agree with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right. sorry. No, I don't know, but no, I don't think I, I'll do that. I don't know if I'm good at it. You'll still keep us uh, to stick with the content. I would say yeah. 2000 followers on TikTok is, uh, I think there's a lot of people that would kill <laughs> to have that already. So uh, you're, you're doing amazing. Elena, I want to wish you all the best with this oh, channel. Okay. It is so cool to see what you're doing. And uh, you know, every time I see that half face, it just makes me smile and oh, uh, you're killing it. And I just want to congratulate you on that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. So <laughs> all the best. Hey, you take care. Cheers. Thank you. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.